0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today is upon us. It's Waiver Wire Wednesday, so we'll dive into some potential players that you should be picking up in your fantasy league. And this is usually, for most leagues, the last week you can make trades in fantasy football. So we'll dive into that as well as fantasy sports today. Hour number two starts now.
1: Fantasy sports today.
0: And this is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch, Joe Pisapia with you. It is 1 o'clock on the East Coast, 10 o'clock on the West Coast, but it's always time to talk fantasy and reality here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you for hour number two. Sean Guastamacchia is producing this show. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Craig DeFrancia previously. And both Joe and I are big uh, TV and movie buffs. I think that for me, unfortunately, it's been a lot of kids' movies for the last decade for me. But if something comes on Netflix or on television, I'm able to watch it. And if there's a must-see flick, then... I will go check it out, and uh, Joe, for you, there's a must see flick, I guess, coming out here in a couple of years.
2: Well, no, I mean, I'm a must see. I just don't know if I'm ready for another Batman franchise because the big uh, buzz on Twitter yesterday was they added two more people to this already growing, ballooning list of stars for this the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. And um, I, I was a, I really enjoyed the Christian Bale Batman films. I thought they were terrific. I think that Heath Ledger's performance. In that film is one of the all time great performances by any actor in any film period. Doesn't not a superhero movie or anything else, just plain old acting. And I know there's a lot of hubbub here with the whole Robert Pattinson being Batman. A lot of people hated the fact Ben Affleck was Batman. I gotta admit, I did not see any of those, but I did really like the Christian Bale one. I agree, I like those a lot too. The I third thought one was a little great. long. I thought the third one was a little kind was of the meandering. third one with the Joker. No, the third one's the one with Bane, with Tom Hardy, who I also. Oh, adore. that was a good movie too. Yeah, it was a little, it. little long in the tooth, but good, good nonetheless. And now you got a whole new group here. So you got Robert Pattinson playing Batman, which I'm actually okay. I think Pattinson's a pretty good actor. You got Matthew McConaughey playing Two Face. So you got a bunch of you got not one, not two, not three, not f- but four villains in this movie. So I don't know. They're like banding together. Is this like the Lego Batman movie? I don't know what's going on here with these guys. But you got McConaughey playing Two Face. <laughs> yeah, I like McConaughey. You got pretty boy Colin Farrell playing the Penguin who I don't, I don't understand that. Last Penguin was Danny DeVito. Now we've jumped to uh, Colin Farrell. And this is why people who look like me don't get jobs in the acting world anymore. Sorry. Just saying.
0: <laughs> Maybe you're the next Penguin then.
2: Uh, I will gladly play the Penguin in this Batman film. That sounds like a great time. I will say this. Colin Farrell, hilarious in uh, Horrible Bosses. Did you ever see that movie? I did not. Oh, you would like that. You have a dark sense of humor. You would I enjoy do. horrible bosses. It's uh, where Jason Bateman and. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think I probably rest- saw some of it, but I, I couldn't tell you yeah. anything.
2: So they all make a deal to basically kill each other's boss because they all hate the people they work for. Um, uh, okay. Hilarious. Very funny. And, and Colin Farrell is very funny in that. And it's very self-deprecating. I,
0: I just think that there's always a, a new group of young kids or. You know, teenagers, millennial types, Joe, that they're always going to want to see the Spider-Man and Batman and these kind of movies. I don't think they're ever going to go away. I think they're just going to keep redoing them over and over again Uh, when you and I are, are, uh, you know, let's say 50 years old. That's that's closer for me. But let's say 55 years old. (laughs) I
2: think there'll be another franchise with Batman and another franchise with Spider-Man. Well, this is because people don't read. The, all they do is keep you know nobody writes books or reads books anymore basically so this is what happens we have the comic book stories and they're great stories i love i got my kids to tell you this summer i made a commitment with the kids i said listen you watch Guardians of the galaxy if you like guardians of the galaxy we're going to do the marvel universe this whole summer that'll be our thing everybody will be tired we'll be out in the pool all the time you'll come in at night we'll watch a, one of these movies and we did and they freaked out they love them they're that's all they want for christmas is to have them all on blu-ray that's what they want right so i i'm all for them and some of them are really good I just feel like the Batman one again. It's like, oh, here we go again. You start it all up. I do like Jeffrey Wright playing Commissioner Gordon. I like Andy Serkis playing Alfred. Uh, or Do you know who Andy Serkis is? I'm not sure yes. if you know who he is. Yes. yes. Gollum my, from Lord precious. of the Rings, for those precious. who don't know. That precious. Is my precious. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Okay. That's fine. Paul Dano is the Riddler. I just also don't like when they pile too many characters or villains into a movie. Even in the second Batman of the Christian Bale saga. I really felt like they kind of did a disservice to, um, to Aaron Eckhart playing two face. Like they killed him off in that movie. I thought he was going to be the villain in the next movie or at least carry over they basically get like weird that they hour. didn't
0: put him at all into the third after the ending where he had the coin <laughs> and the and his face is all jacked up. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't know right? why that's that a waste. Curious. Wonderful yeah.
2: actor, by the way. Also uh, went to school with myself and Craig DeFrancia. So oh, how about that? Okay, cool. He's part of our uh, he's part of our alumni at the same acting school. So look at that. So uh obviously very successful people, right? <laughs> <There> you <laughs> go. Included. But you, you know, had the most success of all. Uh, I well, here I am every week talking with I you. Mean, so that's why I would right? say yes. Yeah, I'd you know, yes. for me the way that this has played
0: out is and again. Uh, you know, kudos to you for getting your daughter. Uh, your daughter is, excuse me, involved mm-hmm. in these movies. My daughter's not particularly interested in it. And you know, again, how she's
2: seen, uh, Has she seen, what's it? Yeah, she, seen she tried to
0: watch one of them and didn't. Really I don't know.
2: know. You let her watch Chris Hemsworth for a couple hours. She might change her tune. Nah, she's she's not into it. So know. I'm not going to push her. And maybe
0: my son eventually will be into it. But as of right now, he's seven. I think he's still, you know, he doesn't. He's not. He's a little too young for it. He doesn't love going to the movies. Well, my he, youngest is seven. She loves them. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe but She's maybe. a rough and
2: tumble kind of gal, so that, that
0: might believe be. believe it or not. Uh, this past Sunday, uh, I went out for the first time ever and bought a, an Xbox. Ooh, we have oh. never had anything in this house like that. We've never had a PlayStation Xbox. Nothing. I mean, it's been I mean, we're going back of me playing PlayStation 20 years ago it was the last time we had it. And uh, there was this game, this one game that my son wanted. And I told him that this could be like his Hanukkah slash, you know, whatever present. Well, what's that? We've got it. Uh, there's I, I don't know if you're aware, but there is this uh, billionaire kid that does these YouTube videos. His name is uh-huh. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan came out yeah. with an Xbox game and it's like a, it's like a Mario Kart game for Ryan. And he really wanted it. And so we went <laughs> out and got the,
2: it. What do we live in? Where are we right now?
0: He's he likes the YouTubers. My son likes. The no, YouTubers. I
2: don't see. Uh, that's my kids. And my kids I have no idea what any of that is. Really. Luckily, well, there you go. It's we got the gotta, opposite thing. Yeah, my, 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 my son likes the, likes the people who stream the games. He likes to see. He likes the, watching other people play video games and play them himself. But
0: no, he likes playing them, too. But he likes to see like the tricks and the secrets. And uh, oh, yeah, well, you know, that makes the, sense. Yeah. So from the eye and mostly he's on the tablet, you know, the iPad. So mm-hmm. like he'll download the game and play and then based on the secrets that they show, like he tries to see if he can do the same thing. And so he holds the YouTubers in this like in the high esteem of OK of, Man, of that. Like the heroes. Yeah. And, and look, he'll he'll sit down and watch a movie for sure. No doubt. I mean, we watched uh, the Sandlot coming flying back from New York. He sat and loved it. watched the
2: whole entire thing. No, really my kids it. have been watching that movie for my that is like one of my kids favorite movies. I've seen that movie a hundred times. Probably. I don't yeah, know, it's, it's so, crazy. So they so love crazy. So he's into it. But right. It's uh, the movie thing is not his thing. It's I'll his recommend style. to you because I know we got to hit the break. I recommend to you the Nintendo Switch. You can play along together. They have you can also for 10 bucks a year. You get all, all not all, but a lot of the old school Nintendo games that just mm-hmm. pop up on there that you could play like Mario and Tecmo Bowl and all this stuff. So it's fun for the adults, but also it's a lot of interacting games where like, you can all play four people at a time or three people at a time. Switch is excellent. If you have little kids, I, I
0: highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I listen. I, that's the direction I wanted him to go was Nintendo, but he was just hell bent on this uh,
2: on this. Well, Xbox sometimes parents game. know better. You, you know, get him the Xbox thing and you pick up a switch here for his birthday and then you have the best of both worlds. Yeah, there.
0: I'd like to keep it the way it is. I don't want to get crazy with the guy. Like we were really against doing this for a long period of time. But you <laughs> well, know, the he, switch he,
2: is portable, which is great, too. You take yeah. it with you. You go or you're like on the plane or you're on somewhere. It's very useful. We took it to the Florida with us when we went last year. It's very, very good. Florida man take switch to Florida there it is (laughs) all right uh, we got to take a quick time out
0: here on fantasy sports today when we return next we're going to talk about some decent trade acquisitions uh, for 2020 in fantasy maybe even for this year so don't go away
1: Today, and I like football, and I'm gonna keep doing them both because they make me feel good.
0: And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you here on the show. It's Wednesday, so coming up in an hour from now, Dr. Roto is going to give you all the updates as far as who is in and who is out on the field. We'll start to get some updates as far as uh, fantasy goes. Uh, This morning, uh, Joe Staley was announced. There's a chance that he is going to be able to play in what looks like, to me, the best Monday night football game of the year. It really does. Seattle, San Francisco. I mean, maybe it will be. I hope so. It definitely looks like, on paper, a good Monday night game for the first time since when. I don't know. I don't even remember, but a game that I may actually be interested in watching on Monday night. So that's coming up. And Staley's on the field, boy, 49ers, I think they got a good shot in this one. Um, As far as Dynasty League right now, and I'm in this position, too. I'm, I'm you know, kind of playing for next year, but unfortunately, I've been playing for next year now for three years. I got a ton of picks. I'm hoping that I do better in this draft and get some picks that I can actually uh, play in a year or two because in my Dynasty League, Joe, Isabella's you know, the one guy that I'm essentially sitting on. Him and Benny Snell, they're more or less for zeros this year, so uh, I'm, I'm waiting for them for next year. But who are some players that you think potentially could fare better next year than they are faring this year?
2: Well, I tried to go to the laboratory and really kind of dig deep here and think about what's a situation where some guys might be available for whatever reason, injury, underperformance, you know, a host of other reasons where you could probably get them and they might have some use on the cheap this year, but really more for next year, really more for, hey, you know, maybe you throw a fourth round pick or something like that and you pick up one of these guys and you're not going to take a zero with them. And let's start with the quarterbacks. The first one is Derek Carr. Well, I don't think people have realized that Derek Carr's played pretty well this year and the last couple of weeks, he's played very well. And in a situation where we're looking at some age at the quarterback position with the Bradys and Breezes and Roethlisberger's of the world, we're looking at a ton of turnover, a lot of guys who are going to be in new systems for the first time. So even if they're familiar quarterbacks, they're going to be dealing with new OCs and new schemes and new stuff. Derek Carr will not. Derek Carr will still be another year with John Gruden. Derek Carr has a really good running back in Jacobs, a great tight end in Waller. And my guess is they will continue to fill out that wide receiving core for him in 2020. And all things I think are looking very bright for him. So he's number one, that list of quarterbacks. Number two is Jacoby Brissett, who again has played very well this year, especially in the tough circumstance. And I think with a full offseason, with the ones running things the way you shouldn't in practice in the preseason, I think you're really looking forward to Jacoby Brissett being a guy that can be a, a really good second quarterback in a super flex league. And the third guy for me, a quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. So I think no matter what, Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a job somewhere and he's probably not a QB one. But as a QB2 and a Superflex, that's another guy. You pick him up now. Right now, he has zero use to somebody because Drew Brees is back. But he might have a ton of use next year. And I think if you're able to make a deal, we say, hey, take this player. Help go help you win this year. Give me Teddy Bridgewater back for 2020. I think that's a good trade. Do you have any other quarterbacks in your mind that kind of fit this bill? Is it a Cam Newton? Is it somebody else like that?
0: Yeah, I think that this is uh, this is a pretty good list that you put together. I am curious to see, and it was one game and it was the Browns. But again, when Brandon Allen was in college and he was in Brett Bielema's system at Arkansas, he was pretty good, man. Like, he, he was a good quarterback. Then. Hey, I streamed him and got a W last week, man. Then, but, but then again, um, he was a disaster pretty much after that. And, and this is why, like, when everyone was on Mason Rudolph, I, you know, boy, like, the tweets that came out when Mason Rudolph was a starter, I wondered if anybody watched a single game of him playing in college at all because Oklahoma State, is going to put out the best quarter, the best quarterback stats in the country year in and year out because they have an unbelievable offensive mind in Mike Gundy. But getting to the pros is a different deal. And I feel that way about Allen. But I will say this. I am curious to see if, again, he adds a little bit more running to his game. I felt like a genius in the first quarter when I looked at the stats and I saw that Allen had like three rushes for 15 yards. I'm like, wow, okay, this is happening exactly the way that I thought. We may have something here. And then he didn't run at all. Ah, uh, but he did throw for a couple touchdowns. So, you know, give give me a guy that can rush for you know maybe you, I, you know the Brandon Allen. The good comp for him would be Josh Allen. Actually, I think that would be a pretty good comp. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> and, and, I think and, a and lot it, of teams will take that. And, and you know what? I, I'm curious to see if uh, if they get a good offense going for him. I don't think that this is a great spot for him in Denver, and I don't love Fangio and I don't like the things that they're doing. But maybe in a scenario where they're losing so much that um, that maybe he could be a possibility for sure. So yeah. A good name. That would be one guy for me. Um, running backs. I have one name not on this list. I want to throw in for this year uh, and and next year too. I am surprised that you have Carry On Johnson on this list, Joe. I I think the Lions are going to be done with him after the season. I don't know. I think well, they, I, I don't. I don't know how they can go down this road again. This is two
2: years in a row with significant injury. And I think that's exactly why I'll take a shot because even though they might be done with him, I don't know if I'm ready to be done with him. And I was not a Carry On Johnson fan coming into this no, year. So I know, which is surprising
0: so, to me. See you about well, face on this.
2: It, it my about face is always being able to like you say it's like the stock market so right now his value is an all-time low if you buy on the low to a team where you're like look you know he's no use to you the rest of the year give him to me let me be the reclamation guy you go win a championship take this x wide receiver or x running back for me that i picked off the waiver wire or whatever you might be able to make that deal happen or somebody's been frustrated for two years with carry on johnson not getting what they think and they want to cut bait and i think that's why You make that move. I think that's the reason why.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I think it's over for him. I think I think the Lions are Gonna draft a guy in the third round next year, something like that, where where they give him competition and everyone loves that guy. You know, going into you're the are right as opposed to Johnson. I, Johnson, but it doesn't back, mean right. Carry
2: On won't win the starting job anyway. And that's what I mean. I, I feel yeah, like there's look, so it much be, negativity. Yeah, it's it goodbye. Be,
0: it could be a Gore Singletary situation, and Johnson goes into the year and he's plotting mm-hmm. around with these touchdowns, and you're waiting. Or Jordan Howard's a better comp. Jordan Howard and Sanders, and you're waiting and you're waiting, but but Howard still does it. Uh, I like carry on Johnson. I just I, I Detroit really He needs to miss- be in a better offense that's suited to his skills.
2: You know, he's a good he's good at catching but, the ball. Joe, Matthew, they also, Jordan Howard they,
0: never was. They also mismanaged this situation. Like, hundred percent. They did not have a good option at all.
2: No, oh, no. They and, look they uh, mismanaged yeah. it. And they also he's not a great fit for what they're doing. So it was kind and of Rittig a Riddick weird... is the guy that I thought that was good for there. No, not it so much. Chase Edmonds is on this list, too, because he had some bursts in some moments but the rest of the year is kind of questionable now in 2019. Yeah, so you I gotta, don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure so, what the future is with him. But I think he showed enough that he's going to have a future somewhere in 2020, no matter what it is. So there's a lot of reason to buy low on him in a, again, keeper format. Mm-hmm. Alexander Madison, obviously. I oh, love his name. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You know, because right now we're in week 10 and Dalvin Cook's still a freight train. And Madison's great and all, but I think the the further we get, Craig, from the Dalvin Cook is always hurt narrative. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The easier it is to buy Alexander Madison. And who knows if Dalvin Cook holds out next year. Yeah, I love Madison. I think that there's
0: there's somewhere for this kid to play, and he's gonna be mm-hmm. good somewhere, whether it's with Minnesota or somewhere else. Um, I want to throw another name in, and I mentioned it I think last week, maybe. I don't know if it was with you or with Jamie, I forget. But I, I, I am
2: the behind my back.
0: <laughs> I am going to throw a dart a way under-the-radar dart, uh, and I am going to advise everyone picks up this kid, Brian Hill, on Atlanta. I think the Falcons in the last five games are going to dump Freeman. I don't think they're going to play him at all, and I think that they know the future is finished with him. There's no point. He had a massive fumble that cost them the game. He's had a very good career. Uh, No doubt about it, he'll end up maybe in Detroit next year. That's a good spot for him. But, Joe, this kid, Hill, has got some speed. I I could see him getting 15 carries a game. And I am telling you there that this kid, I may be completely off, but I want I want to add him in every league. And I want to see if Atlanta commits to giving this kid 20 touches, man, like he has got some speed.
2: And yeah, he, he looked better does. than
0: Freeman. So, and he's
2: and he's unowned in every fantasy league. And well, yeah, that's why he's not even a trade. He's a, he's just a, a sneaky little pickup yeah, right I mean, now. And how can you have any f- faith at all? In, in you're out of it and you're holding older players on your roster right now. What do you have to lose by picking up a guy like Hill? You have nothing, nothing to lose? And Zero. by the way, do
0: you think Atlanta is committing to Freeman in the last five games of the year when they're two and 10? I think that they're going to try and see what they got
2: for the future. Probably not. I think we should hold the rest of these. We'll do one more running back maybe. And then hold the rest of these till tomorrow. Little tease. Should we do that? Because sure. there's so many wide receivers to talk about, we're never going to get to them all. Okay. Um, I, I got one more RB on my list It's Philip okay. Lindsay, who I don't think people realize right now is right in that RB1 group. He is, and I, I feel like nobody cares. <laughs> I just, I, I kind of look around, you look at the full point PPR, and Freeman was there. Yeah, he's still there. Okay, great. But you know what? Lindsay is still being Lindsay for the most part, and I think there's a general negativity now that. Believe it or not, Joe Flacco is not there, that everybody's just downgraded in their minds everything that the Broncos are capable of, and that might be true, but that doesn't mean they can't fix it next year, and it doesn't mean that Lindsey can't continue to be a decent play, and I think there's a lot of people who are a little worried about Lindsey anyway from a size perspective. So there's a lot of elements in there where I think Lindsey is a very usable player, a very good player, and a player that can be had in a deal. Yeah, I just
0: think you got the best at what you were going to get last year. It was out of nowhere. And and again, this is the same GM, the same president Nelway that drafted Freeman. And I think you had to know that he was going to be a big part of it. I think he is a big part of it moving forward. I think Lindsey's better. But Freeman is a guy from this organization. And I see him you know, hurting him moving forward as opposed to helping him. All right. Uh, coming up next, Waiver Wire Wednesday on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's hump day. Waiver wire Wednesday. Woohoo! <laughs>
0: And welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports today on this Wednesday, 30 minutes away from turning it over to full-time fantasy. Big injury report in fantasy this week. Dr. Odo will be all over that. Craig and Joe with you here at about 1.30 here on the East Coast. On Wednesdays, what we do is we take a look at the waiver wire in fantasy. And interestingly enough, the player who I talked about in the previous segment, nowhere on the radar, uh, Brian Hill, running back from Atlanta. Just want to keep pounding that drum here a little bit. And let's see what happens over the next couple of weeks if Atlanta decides to just go with all the young kids, which is certainly a possibility. Um, Other names, Joe, that I want to throw out there, Trey Edmonds of Pittsburgh, as it looks like Connor's going to be out again, and and Edmonds looked like a better runner than Samuel. So he is somebody that I would add in all fantasy leagues. Uh, I guess J.D. McKissick is the guy in Detroit now at this point. I'm not really sure, but he's the passing option there, and the rushing options have been no good. Carson's on IR. Ty Johnson's not good. We know that. And then in Miami, uh, Kalen Bellage is probably going to be the goal line guy, as he has been even with Drake playing a little bit. But Miles Gaskin, who was uh, Washington's all time leading rusher, I, I, you know, it's really amazing to me that he went, I think, in the seventh round. But he's, you know, kind of undersized and was more of a system running back, kind of fits the Rashad Penny mold, uh, mold a little bit with Seattle. So it wasn't a huge surprise to me that Gaskin slipped in drafts, but. I think that there is a little bit of talent there. It's just the problem is he's on Miami. And by the way, I don't think Gaskins or Gaskin or Kalen Balazs are part of the future. But I may take a flyer on Gaskin also. So Edmonds, McKissick and Gaskin are the running backs to me, at least, that I would
2: kick the tires on. And they're very low owned. Yeah, I think McKissick, you have to, especially because it might just be default by now. Yeah, you know, with Trey Carson out and uh, it's just Ty, it, Can we agree? Ty Johnson's a nothing, right? Oh, 100 percent. Nothing. And this is the This is the thing that always scares me every year. Waiver wire. It, it's the, the Kerwin. I like to call it the Kerwin Williams factor. Do you remember? <laughs> I remember it? him. Yeah, in remember okay, yeah. It's the Kerwin Williams factor, which sounds like a sounds like a Big Bang Theory episode name. But it's like it's the situation where automatically everybody overreacts to whoever the guy is on the depth chart, but they don't sit back long enough to go, OK. Yeah, that's the guy that's on the depth chart right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the best fit for what they're going to do offensively. And I think that's part of it too. I don't think this guy's good at all. It. Well, here's the other <laughs> thing is how much you want to spend to find out that that guy is really going to take over, and there's a reason why guys are the number twos, there's a reason why guys are three on the depth chart. <laughs> okay, it's my,
0: not, all-time, my all-time favorite from the last ten years. is a great name, but I've mentioned him before on the show, but I'll mention it again. Christian Michael is the one name that I oh, always Christian remember. Michael,
2: dude. That guy was
0: he's going to be a star every uh, year uh, for five, every years, year, five years, Joe. Yeah.
2: Five years on Seattle, on Dallas. It was like, oh, it's happening. I think he's playing in the XFL, by the way. I'm almost. Oh, he's going to be great. I know. I can't add him right now in the XFL, everybody. <laughs> he was
0: he doing. was the guy every year that that you thought uh, that oh Lynch is going to get hurt, something's going to happen. And it just never did. Actually, Michael did have like one or two good one games in Dallas. In and Dallas, just, though, yeah.
2: Oh, and that and that just killed it because all those people who wanted to take the victory lap, who were the truthers for so many years, <laughs>
0: like it just. Well, they had him, and then they had the guy that got in all kinds of trouble, and he's in jail. I forget the Dallas's running back name, but that I I had him a year that he got
2: in trouble. Here's a general best practice note for everybody out there spend money on guys who are having like early on like dj shark you see a guy who's a starter who's playing well you go hard on that guy that's what you go hard in bidding on when guys get hurt and you're dealing with the backup situations you're already at a deficit they're backups for a reason most likely because nobody else wanted them as a starter so the fact that they could just come in all of a sudden create all of this fantasy buzz for you and, and carry you to a championship is a little bit of fool's gold. It doesn't happen that often. What happens is guys emerge as starters in preseason, have good games or whatever as starters. Those are guys you bid on, not the guy who's the default guy. I feel like the default Kerwin-Williams bid or overbid right. is just a killer in seasons for people.
0: And by the way, the name that I was searching for, you gave me time to search it up. The guy that I drafted in 2015 as my RB2, uh, six starts. 76 carries, 315 yards, four touchdowns. Pretty good. Ten catches, 86 yards of the Dallas Cowboys. Entered as the starter going into the season and then got arrested like 85 times in three days and never played again. Do you recall the name? I'll tell you you'll remember.
2: Uh, the Dallas Cowboys what year? 2015? Sixteen. Twenty sixteen. 2016. 2016, right Cowboys. before Elliot. Anyway, <sighs> Joseph Randall. Remember Joseph Randall? Oh my Randall? god. Wow. Oh everyone god. was super high on him, remember? Yeah! Wow. And then Holy McFadden crap. took over that year. Yeah, yeah it's funny because I was gonna say it can't be McFadden because I don't remember.
0: Joseph Randall was their guy and and I had him as my RB, two. And then remember, this dude just got arrested over and over again, like for the dumb things and fighting police. I think he got suspended for his team. It's just a complete like they thought there's something was wrong with him. I remember that. But anyway, story <sighs> for another day. Let's help
2: people for this year. Anybody else here uh, okay. on the waiver wire? So these are some guys here that are less than fifty percent owned in leagues that I think are worth taking a shot on for whatever reason. I know you're frustrated with Ronald Jones. I get it. Yeah, the fact good one week and bad the next, it's fine. He's good one week and bad the next. So if you get him and you need him, you can plug him in there. You get a zero, and and then the next week get a ten. That's it. Yeah, but the good thing is at least Arians has come out recently and said, "Hey, Ronald Jones has deserved more work." Okay, well that's a positive. positive. So there's nothing. Look, I'm not saying any of these guys are going to change your season. But in terms of, hey, is this guy going to maybe change week 10 for you? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think that you can't look past that right now. Uh, Devontae Parker, also a guy historically I hate, but he's 30% owned. And I think when you look at it, Devontae Parker is a guy where you go, you know what? Fitzpatrick's been able to move the football a little bit. He's got a lot of targets the last couple of games. Why not? Especially in full point PPR, I think Devontae Parker right now. Is how dare I say these words a lock for double digit points? Ugh. well, I
0: mean the the reason for that is, is you, you illustrated some of them, but the the main reason is because Preston Williams out for the year. I mean that's Williams that out was, for the
2: uh, year, uh, plus uh, on top of that, they're throwing the football more. They're a little bit more capable in that and and look, it's been working for him. Uh, Darius guys, yeah, yeah, this is a flyer, okay? you can't have huge expectations for this. Yeah,
0: I don't know on this one. I'm not sure.
2: I, I don't know either, yeah. but I know at thirty two percent and I know what the attrition we've had at running back this year, you have to look somewhere. And I think you do is you, you, you pick him up and you see, and look, you're not in the situation where you're picking up and trading him. Now you're picking up and seeing what's going on. Right. Uh, a guy who's not on this list too is Kareem hunt, but I haven't talked about him for a while to pick him up and see what happens. Uh, Zach Pascal, another guy it's more default. He's only 14% on, which I think is weird. I, I would have thought that number was much, much higher. Um, more like in the 30, 40 range, but alas, it's not no T Y, no Jacoby Brissett. Possibly. I think he's worth a look at the very least. Just, you know, like another guy who has good weeks and then disappears. I don't think I have confidence in him, but I feel like the, the tight ends have been underwhelming and Pascal's had some moments. The question is, cause he had them. Can he have them with Brian Hoyer? What do you think about Pascal? Oh. Flex? I mean, I, he's a PPR flex. I think he, that's it. You know. I, with Brissette
0: wide receiver three. Um, oh, I don't trust Hoyer at all. I just I think a lot of picks are coming for him. I, I think that the Brissett injury derails their season. I think he's gotta get they gotta get him back. Oh, 100%. Uh it, 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 Hoyer we haven't seen in a while, so as you mentioned, that kind of makes him sexy because we haven't seen him in a while. That's a good point, especially from a quarterback. But I'm not in on him at all. I, I like Brissett a lot more. So yeah, that's definitely a factor, uh, for sure. Um Anyone else here before we close? this? Yeah, out? a
2: couple other ones here. Uh, we got the uh, Corey Davis. Uh, this is more of a matchup one for me. He's about 50% owned, but it's also he's playing the Chiefs this week. And the Chiefs have been known you could throw the football on the Chiefs this year. So I think you, you consider that. And now I understand it's been a little all over the place. You know, we got Tajay Sharp. You know, Davis had a great first game out of the gate. And all I kept thinking was, oh, my gosh, can we please make Corey Davis relevant every week? And, of course, next week it was Tajay Sharp catching touchdowns. And that right. just pissed me right off. But it doesn't mean I'm going to abandon the concept altogether. And again, heavy bye week, you're looking for bodies with upside. Davis is a body with upside. Mm-hmm. Get this. Alexander Madison in the, in the cross section of leagues is only 30% owned right now. He's been dropped in a lot of leagues over these last bye weeks because people just, well, again, you, that narrative go, of getting away from Cook injury.
0: If you have Cook, you have to have Madison. You, I mean, you're a moron if you don't. I'm I honest. don't disagree. Like, that is the number one handcuff in all of fans. Him history. and
2: Murray were the only two guys, I thought, going into the season where these guys make sense because the guy who gets hurt in front of them, they immediately become work. They, this is the only ones, not, not the J.D. McKissicks of the world or the Trey Johnsons of the world. It's these guys that you know have ability to, And they basically just have a better guy in front of them. That makes sense.
0: I I also think that you have to, if you have, uh, I know that he could be a nothing and I don't know what he will be, but I think if you have McCaffrey, you also have to have Bonifant. You're just not going to get anyone on the waiver wire and you're better off uh, handcuffing him. Again, I don't know anything about Bonifant. I saw him play that one game. He played great. He played at the end of the game last week. He didn't do anything, but they were just trying to run the clock out. But uh, in one league where I have McCaffrey, we uh me and my partner we have bonafin and i'm just like we're just holding him <laughs> i don't care like i can't I, there's no one on the wire that's going to do better if mccaffrey goes out than bonafin then are you gonna pick up hill
2: him. in that league yes for bonafin no all right no not no, 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 for bonafin okay no, uh no, aj no. brown is the same logic as uh cory davis good matchup this week maybe get lucky get a touchdown yeah, hill is looking at him more i've noticed Townhill is especially in the red zone. He's a guy that gets a lot of looks there. Yeah, so, with yeah, that in that mind, AJ Brown is another plug and play kind of guy. Only seventeen percent owned. Uh, I'm not quite. A, I was disappointed last week in Deontay Johnson, but I'm not going to be off altogether. I gave you. I gave you more guys this week because it's such a heavy buy with guys out, and they are playing the Rams. And again, you can throw the ball on the Rams here. So there's another shot there for him. And the last one is Kalen Balazs, who you talked about too. Caelan Balazs is ten percent owned, which is yeah, my but shot. he stinks. He stinks. He does I, stink, I, but now. I, uh, Again, I mean, if you want a
0: sick, if you want a, a touchdown-heavy guy, I, I think this is also a good week to fire up your uh, your old Cole Beasley and Tates, like in in those formats, the PPR formats. You get yourself ten points and just be done with it. I think that's Go a yeah. good option there. And instead of trying to take the points, uh, hit the home run for sure. Leave
2: the gun, take the gannolis, take the for points. Sure.
0: Um, okay, real quick, uh, we'll we'll really hit on this uh, coming up tomorrow, Joe. But I think that we are both going to take an L on the Thursday night NFL game. Do you know why I say that? We, uh, uh, last, week, last week, unfortunately, you fell flat there on Thursday night. Yes, you won I Monday night. Streak is over. Uh, but I, but I, think, I think we're both going to take the L tomorrow night. I, really? I, because, because there's no way I could take the Chargers, and the Raiders are at home getting a point. I mean, we're both oh, going to
2: yeah. love the Raiders tomorrow, and we are going to lose. <laughs> I, I just have a bad feeling about this. Spoiler alert, you're right. I think you're right. I think we are both going to love them. And, uh, and we're, we're going to lose. The fact that they did give Melvin Gordon as many touches as they did and they won the football game, one would hope that somebody goes, hey, this is a good idea. We should keep doing this. Let's continue to move forward with actually using our best players touching the football. Now, I don't know. But the other thing is uh, the other factor in that is Russell Wakong, the uh, tackle was back Mm -hmm. and that made a big difference. Huge difference in the run game there.
0: All right, coming up next, uh, Joe and I are doing this uh, pitcher list mock baseball draft and I'm a few rounds in and so is Joe. We're going to talk about that next. Don't go away.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia,
0: and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, with you. Fantasy football is, of course, in full swing. Joe and I will break down. The Thursday night game between the Chargers and Raiders. That's coming up tomorrow night. We got college football as well. And uh, those of you who follow the other sports, make sure you listen to Sports Grid, watch Sports Grid all day long. We give you some great options, both in fantasy and betting as well. And uh, the baseball season is still months away. But uh, Nick over at Pitcher List decided to put together some of the experts or at least hosts in the industry and do a little bit of some mock drafting and so before we get into the results i would ask you this joe and and again i don't like to throw people under the bus and do all that kind of stuff but um when it comes to slow drafts there are definitely times for me that i uh i will miss my window when there's no when there's no limit basically like it could be two hours four hours six hours whatever But I got to say that, uh, man, this one has been painfully long. Like we are sometimes waiting eight to 10 hours for somebody to make one pick. And we're only in the fourth round, man. Like I not even finished with the fourth round. And so, uh, you know, I don't know what the etiquette is here. Honestly, Uh, I feel like saying something like, can we get going? But I don't want to be that guy that bitches about it taking so long. Because, again, when you join, the rules are there's no time limit in this one. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like. I, I feel like every slow draft in thinking back on it should have like an eight hour time limit like i uh, I, I,
2: I will i will argue
0: four <laughs> our first eight late. at the longest and and we're uh, when we're basically in the since eight o'clock last night we've had since eight o'clock last night we've had three picks
2: well i can tell you we are in uh, just starting uh, almost round eight. That's what we see. We are twice as far. We started at the same time. so We're double up. We have a little Twitter group where people are making snarky comments and then uh, hitting each other over the head when it's their time to pick and making fun of them until they pick. So shame is a very, very useful tool in slow drafts. Don't discount how effective shame can be. So should
0: I do that? Is it acceptable? I hate oh, it. Well, it's type.
2: acceptable in our little group. I don't know if you've got no one said a word.
0: We're just sitting there and, and now nope. no we well, got a Twitter
2: group and everybody already agreed. Hey, if it's my turn, hit me up because it's where, you know, you, you should also get the email notification. I, not all of us are as tech savvy some people and i know also we're doing this thing on clicky draft which is something i've never used before it's my first time too i don't mind it it's a little much for people like me who have trouble seeing color (laughs) so (laughs) if you can imagine like some of the whole things when you sort by position there's a couple where i literally can't read them because i'm that kid who couldn't do the you know we have to look and see the number inside the dots at school you remember that right yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm a miserable failure there when it comes to that so so, this so you is no have a lot more. Me. You have a lot more on your team than I do on mine. So why don't you go ahead and tell, right. tell me who you got? Well, I had the number one overall pick and I just went with Trout just because. And as much as I love Acuna and the stolen bases and all yep. that stuff, easy, I just, easy choice. Sure. I'm just I'm still yeah. going to go with Trout yeah, number no one. Problem. I, I got no issue with that. Um, the rest of the first round, I can kind of rattle off real fast. See if you see anything out of out of I line. Made, or, I can look, I look at mine and tell
0: you if it was any different. Sure.
2: All right. Let's see how different first five picks went like this. Trout Acuna yelich bets cody bellinger i same think thing. pretty standard five same thing. okay mm-hmm. same exact order too. exact order except for one and two except for what so Acuna went one okay mm-hmm. uh the next five picks were trevor story trey turner garrett cole francisco lindor juan soto
0: okay i have trey turner lindor okay. arenado
2: story bregman and then, some. OK, basically, OK, and my last two here, uh, Drew Silva took o- Nolan Arenado and Gray Albright took Alex Bregman. So 11, 12 there's your basically right. the same usual suspect. So that was the first round. So, okay. yeah, no, about anybody the at 1112. Who's your 11, 12 there? Anybody uh, Soto and Cole. OK, so basically same 12 guys, different yeah. order. Boom. Yeah, unbelievable. So there you go. So there you have it. So so much for things being all over the place, but whatever. Uh, That's, making its way back it's so November for a, uh, an April right. So, I'm gonna the turn the other side, and then this is a little unique because there's no corner infield, no middle infield, right? But there's and only three outfielders and two utility slots, which I actually kind of like. This it's also one catcher, which God, please, for the love of God, save me from two catcher formats. It's like the dumbest thing ever. Can we please just it really bury that it. forever? Yeah, oh, thank you, thank you, and no, you are Mr. Make make baseball at all. I mean, I just. Oh, these I mean, people I mean, hanging on not to the past really,
0: it, of the two catcher it, it, format. It's not reality. It's fantasy, and you want to make it competitive, and you shouldn't have to struggle for that. It just, it doesn't. It's just make a
1: waste. Sense. Yeah, and yeah, there's no way. The
0: NL only in
2: AL format. Oh my God, shoot me. Just kill me now. I mean, yeah, really, Too quick catcher so stupid anyway who else else, else all right so mike trout for me number one uh second third in the loop there because i'm at the one pick i took altuve and rafael devers uh which i felt very good about those guys high average the same 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 spot interesting okay so uh, basically i feel good about those guys give me power give me batting average give me run scored give me rbi they give me everything yeah i'm always the guy that kind of Fade steals a little bit. So, where were you at? What were your first three picks? And you were down at the bottom, I, I believe, right? I had uh, uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I had eight. I had You're eight.
0: eight. Okay. So I had Arenado in the first, mm-hmm. JD Martinez in the second. Excellent. There you go. I got the I got the buzz right there. Yeah, uh, look at you, uh, Fernando Tatis in the third, and then Strasburg
2: in the fourth. That's the way that I went there. So you wait till fourth for pitching, as did I. As did I. And uh, my first pitcher was Patrick Corbin. And then the fifth round, I took Gleber Torres, which I was a little surprised that Torres lasted all the way to the fifth. He went in the third in this one. There was an amazing fourth round pitcher run, which it was Blake Snell. Don't ask me how he went ahead of Flaherty. I don't quite understand that. And Snell went in the second round in this one. I I, I, I don't understand what's going on there. Well, has, <laughs> Snell, Flaherty, Clevenger, Sale, Luis Castillo, Clayton Kershaw, then Rizzo, then I took Corbin. So a huge pitcher run in the fourth. So clearly that's an early takeaway here is the fourth round is going to be a very heavy pitcher round because okay. some people will yeah. load up. Yeah, Flaherty and, went in line and uh, Strasburg, yeah. Kershaw, and Severino. No Corbin yet. Yeah, it's it's funny because I feel like people didn't pay attention to how good Corbin was last was year. Great. Corbin was excellent. Yep, he was great. And he's he's the value. Basically, you take the name away, look at the stats, put Corbin up against any of these other guys, and he's in that. SP1 discussion absolutely. without a doubt. Yeah, so I, I'm all good there. I, like I said, I'm surprised there. I thought about doubling up there in pitchers with Charlie Morton, but I couldn't pass on Glaber Torres. And yet I already had an Altuve. But I don't know about you, Craig. I'm of the mind. I always liked you in the first five, six rounds. Just take the best talent I can and I'll figure it out later.
0: Yeah. I also look at ADP slippers in, at that point and see, oh, why is this guy still available? And what am I missing? You know, that's, that's part mm-hmm. of it too.
2: Victor Robles of note, he went, um, after that in the fifth round another guy that i think is going you, to be draft to draft very you know you you could see him go as early as the fourth round and sometimes as late as the sixth potentially depending on what you had are in this, this i did not pick? get him okay so i did not
0: let's talk about your picks
2: All right, so uh, it was Trout Altuve, Devers, then Corbin Torres, uh, Jose Barrios is my number two. and I I don't know why Barrios isn't going higher. I I don't know either. Well, he had a rough patch there in, what, like August, right? But I feel like that cemented in people's minds. I don't know why, but all the rest of it looked great. And then so far, like I said, we're in the eighth round right now coming back to me, Uh, but I took Solaire with the seventh because I'm of the mind this year, Craig, where you got to get as much power as you can and anybody who hits 48 home runs has my attention in the seventh round that he was the big shock of of last year. I, I mean, who had that one? So, I mean, we'll see. You know what I'm I, I pissed about, dude? Pitcher, but if he hits 35, you're still thrilled. Four straight years. I'm out there talking. So Talking to the last year I was out. I'm done. I was like, I can't do this anymore to myself. I am out on solar. I'm going to have zero shares. I'm so sick of that guy disappointing me. I see all the talent like just screw him. And what does he do? He hits 40 home runs. Unbelievable, dude. And. And the 7th round do you think that kills you? Like if you take a shot there? Uh no,
0: no. But you know, obviously your your expectation is 35 or 40 home runs i mean you have to you know, take them down a notch you can't expect that 35 again. i'd love 35 yeah, i'm drafting
2: him hoping for 30 something like
0: you know <laughs> who i'm surprised hasn't gone yet and listen some of it's my own fault but i took arenado early and you mentioned there's no uh, corner is that why does nobody believe that suarez
2: could do what he did last year oh i do, do. i am very pro eugenio suarez very very pro oh and you yours uh suarez light blue hmm. Yes, thank you. Uh, he went in the fifth round. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that, feels, that feels about right. But <laughs> that feels about right. He went right around Nelson up. Cruz. I had a chance at him. I could have taken him, but I already had Devers. So would I you rather Juarez have Suarez, and Suarez or Chris Bryant. Did you say Torres or Suarez? Uh, Suarez, Suarez or Chris Bryant? I'd rather have Suarez for the bigger power right now. I think his and power. How about Machado is, or or Suarez? Um, that's a tough one. I mean. Yeah, I just don't it's know why funny. he's going it's, after those guys. Well, it's funny. In this draft, Suarez went ahead of both of those. Suarez yeah, went in, this one. Yeah. in the fifth, and then Machado and Bryant went back-to-back there in the sixth round on the loop. Um, but I'll tell you what. You know, it's funny. The seventh round, would you take any of these guys over Soler? Let's go a little, uh, you know, okay, sure. shoulda, coulda, woulda. Carlos Correa, would you have taken him over Soler? Mm, depending Another on
0: in the risk. In this league, no. In, in leagues where I had to put together middle infield and shortstop, maybe.
2: Agreed. Okay. That's why I passed. Uh, Gary Sanchez. I'm not one for catcher. So no real Muto is the only one that I. Okay. Do. Tyler Glass. Now, Severino.
0: Man, Severino went in the uh, fifth round
2: of the fourth round, Joe. Oh, seventh year in mind. Crazy, crazy difference. There. I, I don't know, man. I have to, dive in more then uh, you got the uh, big relievers you, you know what it depends on
0: how my team is being constructed but none of the okay. names that you've given me are all right are, let's uh, see the last couple here
2: josh hater definitely not Kirby yates definitely. marcus marcus simeon maybe vladimir guerrero jr No. Mm-mm. i see i you and i are friends because of things like this uh <laughs> uh hyunjun ryu definitely not OK, and Chris Paddock, who I really like, maybe, but maybe, maybe, yeah, but I mean, if I'm going to take a shot, I'll take a Simeon shot on the guy with the power. Be
0: the next emerging star in baseball. I think who, Simeon Paddock? really oh, put Simeon. it together oh. last year, and I, I'm not doubting him. Like, that's that's a name that I may have taken because he's going to give you, you know, potentially only 10 to 15 home runs less. Then Soler and he gives you a lot of other stuff that Soler doesn't. But
2: so, again, you know. What's the with, Mish team again? What, what run run down for me? It was Naranato team here because I'm not well, having done anything. Um well maybe by tomorrow we'll have more to talk about.
0: <laughs> I got uh, hold on, sorry. Arenado, Martinez, Tatis, right. and Strasburg. Yeah, that's a great core. I mean, gosh, Strasbourg kind
2: of lasted long. Strasburg in the fourth.
0: Well, I was I was gonna take uh, Flaherty, you know, but he went right before me. And then Jeff Erickson took uh, an interesting name. Uh, where did Austin Meadows go in your league?
2: Uh, let me pull that up. He Let's to, see.
0: Jeff took him in the fourth. Oh, early, I thought. Maybe not. Let's I don't know. see. Is, is that where he should be going?
2: Um. It's the orange. Yes. Who am I looking for? Austin Meadows Austin. went in the fourth round. Okay, so no. So he was spot on with that then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pete Alonzo went in the fourth round too, which he I... Went
0: too, here.
2: Yep. Yeah, in the first mock that I did with the Fantrax guys, too, I got him in the fourth round. I think I, I think remember when we talked about that one? I started that one like just power, power, power. I think I had like 200 God, home yeah. runs before I left the fourth round, and I just, I just believe there's two things you need: you need home runs and you need God, pitcher run. strikeouts. Yeah, of course. I mean, those, those are your two just most fun. valuable assets. I think going into fantasy point Nuts!
0: Point. I mean, come on, the people just do not learn their lesson with these closers. It's just
2: oh, amazing. the closer thing, forget it, man. I I might just Herb you eight. know. I mean, come on. Well, who's to say Kirby Yates is, is not trying in of last year? Come <clears throat> well, on. how can you also take Kirby Yates with Simeon on the board or Vlad Guerrero on the board? Or even even to be honest, even guys like Jose Abreu on the board, even guys like um when you know when you look at, at some open. of the names of Matt Olson, Josh Bell. Uh, I, even if you want to go in the Jorge Polanco, Tim Anderson podcast
0: uh, You don't have to convince me that. All <laughs> right. Uh, we'll take a quick timeout. Exit velocity is what we used to do. Now it is called the two-minute drill. If you've missed our shows this week, two-minute drill is next. Don't go away.
1: fantasy sports today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia
0: Craig Mish back along with Joe Pizzapia full-time fantasy is coming up next before we get out of here we end the show with a little two-minute drill
1: the two-minute warning two minutes get your
0: together is that gonna be enough time And yes, with two minutes to go in this show, it only takes two minutes to sign up for Netflix. Yes, I am big on Netflix. I'm sorry to tell you guys that my days of watching live TV and television shows are almost over. In fact, nine times out of ten, when I turn on the TV, it's automatically on Netflix. And so I can certainly understand why moviegoers are upset and the people who made the movie The Irishman potentially are upset for the amount of money that they're not going to make by having it in theaters. But trust me when I tell you, Netflix is definitely the way to go. And if the Irishman lives up to the billing that I see in his ratings, this could be the biggest movie in the history of Netflix. Of course, that comes out on November the 28th. I want to thank Craig DeFrancia for coming on the show and talking about that as well as some Giants football, some betting, and some of the other things he discussed on the show, you could go back and listen on demand anytime you want, 24-7, and listen to his interview. For my co-host, Joe Pisapia and our producer, Sean Gwastamachia, I am Craig Mish. Full-time fantasy is coming up next. We've got the NFL back tomorrow night. Joe and I will have a preview of that. Also, the wrong team favorite in the NFL. You guys know how we do it. Tomorrow at noon, right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.